Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. It's broken, imperfect people who introduce Jesus to others. Jesus has a habit, she said, of using broken, imperfect people to deliver the good news. God's grace was the very thing that allowed Paul to begin his ministry in the first place. Because before Paul was the Paul we know at his best, he was the Saul that we also know at his worst. Someone who was committed to evil and destruction. And we kind of forget Paul's imperfect past. We focus on his shiny, perfect epistles. But this guy had some history, he had some baggage. And if we don't honor that and acknowledge that, then God's grace is in vain. Many people attempt to understand Jesus through the influence of Paul, but I prefer to understand Paul through the influence of Jesus. Paul was changed. He used to persecute Christians, or what the book of Acts calls people of the way. There was this phrase, the way. Might want to start bringing that back. I don't know. And this is a big deal. Paul was a hater, (laughs) okay? This would be like if Harry used to persecute muggles, although the Dursleys certainly felt persecuted, didn't they? (laughs) This is if the hero was playing for the other team. Think about it. But then Paul had an encounter with Jesus. And it becomes harder to persecute his followers after that encounter. Hatred becomes harder after meeting Jesus. It just becomes harder. It's inconvenient to hate your neighbor when Jesus begins to take up space in your heart. It is always harder to stay committed to bigotry and hatred when we encounter the loving vulnerability and humanity of the very thing or person we think we hate. When they have some flesh on them and they're right in front of us, and we build a relationship, suddenly all of our judgments and preconceived notions become a little less important. And remember, Paul was a Pharisee. He was a Jewish leader. And most Jewish leaders were not really ready to have life-changing mystical experiences on the road to Damascus. But Paul was. Despite his actions, despite his um, side hustle of persecution, come on, listen to that. Get out of here with all of that. Despite all of that, he was still open. His heart was open to salvation. He was part saint, part sinner, but mostly sinner at this point. (laughs) He hadn't got his saint on yet. Our children have been saying one thing that they love about Jesus back in the back, and they've been writing it out, and I've loved seeing pictures of what they write. 
But one thing I love about our Lord is that he shows up to the very people who persecute him and asks them to be his witnesses. Jesus never gives up on anybody and doesn't let even the most evil actions define their character or their life story. He has the courage to stand before the haters, if you will. This is a grace upon grace that many Christians take for granted. But we must never do that because it's a precious gift and example of how we are to live. Paul is willing to change, but he was invited in first as a stranger. This is so critical to our understanding of the gospel. If you don't get anything, please get this. That it was an outsider who was invited in first. Paul was able to go and tell the Gentiles, the non-Jews, about the gospel because he was first given the grace himself to believe as an outsider. Grace received, grace given. That's how it goes. And it never really stops. Paul had this encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus and he began to understand God's love as wider and more inclusive than his upbringing had allowed him to consider. Can you relate? Sometimes we're brought up in the faith, but our encounters with Jesus on dusty roads that we don't expect lead us to start thinking of love differently. We start to imagine that maybe our tradition can be even more inclusive than we were first given room to consider. Maybe God's love really is wider. Maybe God's mercy really does run deeper. And this is the experience that Paul has. Because, see, he had been brought up to believe that you were in or you were out. This table that Rachel is talking about was pretty narrow for Paul. It was pretty based on even nationality, the chosen people of one nation. But he starts to understand that the gospel isn't just for people of one nation. It's actually for everyone, everybody. And so he starts building relationships with Gentiles, with anyone who is willing to hear the guy out, okay? If you have ears to listen, Paul's ready to talk. He was ready, ready to share this grace. Encounters with Jesus change us, my friends. They change us even more than anything else can. And then... Paul is converted, and he really goes all in. He dedicates his life to serving Christ. And it's his courage centuries ago that we still receive a blessing from today in our scripture, the good news that keeps on going. Before Paul makes it to Corinth to begin his tent ministry, as we saw, he winds up in a jail cell. He is thrown into prison because of his faith. 
Because going against the grain with Jesus is often criminalized. And this grieves the heart of God. Let's read a passage from Acts where we hear about, Jesus, about Paul in prison. He is before this council. Um, these are Jewish leaders, chief priests who have brought him before him, brought him before them, and he has to testify and defend himself or lose his life, basically. And so basically they all start to dissent based on theology. They're fighting about theology. Can we imagine that? Even back in the day they were doing that, getting caught up fighting. And then verse 10 in chapter 23 says this. When the dissension became violent, the tribune, fearing that they would tear Paul to pieces, ordered the soldiers to go down, take him by force, and bring him into the barracks. So Paul is down in jail at this point. But the story doesn't end there. That night, the Lord stood near him and said, keep up your courage. For just as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, you must also bear witness in Rome. Where is God in all of this? Where is Christ to be found? Outside of a jail cell with his beloved. That's where our God is. That's where our God stays. We, friends, must keep up our courage in this fight for justice and peace and love, in this journey to bring heaven closer. Because Jesus is standing near. Did you know that? And we must ask ourselves if we will have the courage to keep looking for God in unexpected places. Because sometimes we make our tents too small and God busts up in there and widens our understanding of mercy again. We look for God in the church but maybe he is also in the local bar. God is everywhere. God is everywhere. God is everywhere. We look for God in tradition, but maybe she's also in the deconstruction Facebook support groups. The spirit is everywhere. The spirit is everywhere. The spirit is everywhere. We expect God's justice in the Supreme Court. Oh my. And we also forget that God's kingdom holds the most Supreme Court and that God's justice will always prevail. God grieves with us, laments evil, and pushes us forward. In this very passage, we might expect God to be on the council with the Jewish leaders, the experts of the religion. And instead, we find a tender, 
loving God standing outside of a jail cell saying, keep up your courage. Don't give up, Paul. I'm with you. Christ is everywhere. Christ is everywhere. Christ is here. May we encounter Jesus on our own path, friends. No matter how we were brought up or the tradition that we inherited, may we start to claim it for ourselves. May we explore and be open to life-changing encounters with our risen Lord that might just change us, that might just ask us to repent of our ways and then receive forgiveness and try again and receive more forgiveness and do that until kingdom come. Grace is what brings us in. Grace is what invites us in. This is who God is. And judgment will become harder to hold the more we follow Christ. And then when the road gets hard and hope feels lost and justice seems so far away, May we somehow keep up our God-given courage to live in ways that bring heaven closer, even in our own hearts, our own lives, our own families, our own communities. May we have the courage to keep it up. There's a, a picture that hangs in my office and um, my, friend, my friend Ashley gave it to me and it has a poem on it and I'm, I would like to read that for you because I think it gives a good picture of what the kingdom of God is like. Prisoners pen scriptures, whores are heroes and every face resembles holiness. The feet of peasants are washed by the king and law bow bows down to love. Outsiders are insiders, and the door is not just open, but it's torn clean from its hinges. This is the house that God built. Welcome home. Amen.
Exactly where you belong because that's who God is. That's what the kingdom looks like. And you're an important part of it. So go and receive this blessing that God is with you. The Lord is standing near to you. Go out in service to Christ our Lord because he will never ever leave you and you are loved in this place go in peace friends have a great sunday amen <laughs>